better word, is good. The time came when the ticker tape in the broker's office told a new story. It was panic. Sixteen and a half million shares of stock sold in a single day. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just switch this up. Welcome back to Stock Dirty to Me, the number one podcast for your investment needs. I am, of course, the podcast mogul Phil Better, and with me, as always, are the beautiful guys above me, Tony from Stock Bros and Dalton, an advisor at Batching Court Capital. How are you guys doing today? Let's start with Tony. What's up? He seems to be, uh, you know, with a child, so are you getting sleep? Tony, can you hear us? We can't hear us. So I'll go over to Dalt until Tony replies. Dalt, how are you doing today? Good, good. It was a, uh, it was another great day. Uh, so you know, just enjoying um, the start to this new, to this new year, and um, I'm out of the stock market now. So enjoying the transition over to uh, you know commodities trading and uh, currency trading. Excellent, Tony. Can you hear us now? Yeah. There we go, Tony. How are you doing with the new, uh, new child? Good. It's good. Uh, he lost a lot of money today in the, <laughs> in the stock market. <laughs> yeah, lost a lot of money in the stock market. What happened there? Uh, he he lost about, I don't know, 400 bucks. Not too bad. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. For a little <laughs> guy like him, oh, he'll survive. Yeah, um, he's got 18 years before he needs it, so I'm sure he'll recover by then. He's yeah, only got 18 years for it to recover, so I don't know. There we go. We got some, more con- got some more congratulations for you there. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Can't really uh, okay, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Dalt, you said you jumped out of the market. Well, I mean, what, you said it last year at the end of uh, the last show, uh, a couple of shows ago, that you were leaving the market, but uh, are you still tempted to get back into the market? Well, I still have my, I still have all of my, all of my shares. I haven't, um, haven't sold anything, uh, but I'm just not contributing any new capital or making any more trades in the stock market. Um, for the rest of of the year, I don't think. <clears throat> okay, okay. And uh, Tony, how are you feeling with the market this week? <clears throat> I mean, look, we all know that we all had a really good idea that this was going to happen, mm-hmm. where we're going to see a lot of selling off, uh, where we're going to possibly see some corrections. Uh, the Nasdaq did correct. I think it was ten percent since November. Um, so we're officially in correction territory for the Nasdaq. Uh, but the S&P is still, I think it's like down, what, 5% for the year. So it's not too bad yet. Uh, I expected a 10, I expected a 5, 10, 15% drop. Um, if it if it falls off 20, 20 to 30%, I'm kind of doing the same approach as Dalt. I've been kind of stacking up cash over the last couple months, expecting this to happen. And when I see stocks getting hammered like Google, Apple, Microsoft, probably Microsoft in particular, uh, I'm probably going to put a good chunk of change down and just let it sit. Uh, if it, if Microsoft ends up correcting 10, 15%, which I think is very possible, I might put like 5,000 in Microsoft and maybe 5,000 in, in Facebook and then just um, let it ride for 20 years and then hand it over to the to my kid so there you go well yeah i'm glad that you brought up microsoft because they did a huge huge thing uh this this week that we're still waiting for regulatory approval but it takes them from one of the smaller 
um, if you will, video game companies. And now it's the second, third largest company with this acquisition that they're doing. Uh, they spent close to $70 billion to buy Activision and Blizzard or Activision Blizzard, if you will, um, especially with the trouble that Activision Blizzard has had in the recent weeks. Uh, let's touch on that before we hit the uh, about a th- over a thousand stocks hitting a, a 52 week low. And then we got the uh, crypto market and the stock market, both having useless companies. Um, let's let's talk. What are you guys opinions on the fact that Microsoft just bought this massive company? I love it for Microsoft. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is their metaverse play for the future. Okay. Uh, I mean, what's not to like about it? I mean, we're talking about a company that has iconic games like Call of Duty and others. And um, the financials, to be honest, I haven't really looked at Activision's uh, or Blizzard. Was active Active Blizzard? Activision was Blizzard. It? Activision yeah, there was Blizzard. like a merger. Yeah, I haven't really looked at any of their financials, so I don't really know how well they do as a company. But it really doesn't matter. I don't think Microsoft really cares. <laughs> they're they're more looking to use this technology into something else for the future and possibly build something else off it. You see companies like Apple and Google and Amazon doing this all the time where they just uh, they'll buy companies and they might not even use anything in the company for years and years and years. Um, so I'm not super worried about what they're going to do with it right off the bat. I think it's more of a long term play. I've always, I'm a big fan of Microsoft, even without this. So this doesn't even really matter to me, to be honest. Um, I was going to buy Microsoft. I do have some Microsoft um, at 197 a share. Uh, I bought five shares at 197 a share. I think it's up to like three, what is that, 330 now. So that's done really well. And I'm kind of upset that I didn't buy more back in 2020 when it dropped so low. So I'm looking to take advantage of that again in the future. Unfortunately, I'm up. Uh, braggingly i'm up so much on it that it almost i don't even know if i want to put more in i might just do it in a different account i might use my public account or something so i don't mess up my fidelity account and hire raise my average significantly (laughs) (laughs) um but i love microsoft uh we went over the financials for microsoft a long time ago and one of the other episodes we did we we looked at their earnings report um so i think it's a great move how are you feeling about Microsoft becoming the third largest video game uh, producer? Because with Activision and Blizzard, they're getting that for their, obviously for the Xbox Game Pass that they have, and they're just taking it to the next level. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, it's good. Like uh, like Tony said, uh, I think it makes sense for Microsoft. <clears throat> Whether that deal closes or, or not is another story. Um, of course, Activision, Blizzard, they, they have Call of Duty, so... Again, a regulator is going to let um, Microsoft go and buy that buy that uh, game out, and then what? Then there's going to be no uh, Call of Duty on Sony PlayStation. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what what regulators are are going to do here, but certainly, um, I think console makers should not own game developers because that's kind of monopolistic. Uh, obviously, Halo exists only on Xbox. Soon, Call of Duty will exist only on Xbox if this goes goes through. So, I think it's great for Microsoft if they can get it to go through. Whether or not it goes through, I don't know. Uh, someone mentioned in the group too. I think it was, um, I think it was Brian. He said, "If why is the price only eighty two dollars if the buyout's at ninety five? Well, that's because uh, it's not 
hasn't closed yet and it's not expected to close for another year, year and a half. So this is not this. We won't know if this closes or not till next summer. And um, it's going to it's going to be a long haul of Microsoft jumping through all these regulatory hurdles. And uh, if they're successful in jumping over hurdle to hurdle, this will creep up towards the ninety five dollar buy offer. Uh, if if they get, you know, uh, stuck in the mud, as they say, this will fall right back down to where it came and the deal will fall apart. So yeah, I think, you know, Microsoft, you make but... a really good point uh, about how it's kind of monopolizing uh, games. And I didn't really think about that. That is true. They're probably going to make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox, which kind of sucks. They're kind of building a monopoly, which and it's kind of anti-competition, kind of hurting capitalism, so to speak. Great for Microsoft. Uh, great, great for Microsoft. The May, I, I just, I actually just pulled up the, the earnings reports and the fin- the last couple of financial statements for Activision Blizzard. They're really good. And it's really good. I mean, it's really good. They're making, I mean, they're netting over five hundred million a quarter. In some quarters, they're like eight hundred million, <laughs> six hundred million. Uh, so, and their profit margin. That's this is what's actually the most impressive thing about this company. Is this past quarter their profit margin was thirty almost thirty one percent, so that's really good. That's really good. So it's a very profitable company. Did they come out with figures for how much they're going to buy this for? Yeah, seventy billion dollars. Yeah, sixty eight point seven. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. And some people actually think because I uh, it was recently put on. I w- I watch uh, Philip DeFranco for my news coverage because I don't like the mainstream news. Um, not that it's not good. It's just I don't have cable. So what's the point? But Phil DeFranco was talking about how uh, this is putting them as the third biggest uh, video game developer. Yeah, uh, behind, Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft behind Sony and another company that I never even heard of. Probably a, it's part of Nintendo or something. But this is this is scary for like for gamers because I love Call of Duty. It's a um, and we got Mark jumping in here saying that it's the largest acquisition ever, he believes. And I think so too for a video game company. But not only this, like Blizzard has World of Warcraft. It's inside oh. there. You have, like you said, Call of Duty, the massive Call of Duty is the big one. That's the huge yeah, one. That's the huge one. That's their pro that's the cash cow right there. World of uh, Warcraft has a lot of volume too. The revenue yeah. is like, like three billion or something per year. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a huge one too. See, I have Xbox, so to me, it doesn't. I could care. Yeah, it's going to be on your Game Pass, so you're going to be fine. But but if you're someone that has like PlayStation, and I, I, that always annoys me. I hate when a game is exclusive to one console to another. In fact, yeah. In fact, it's kind of annoying that you can't just play cross consoles with other people. Um, I don't know if you can do that. I know you couldn't do that for a long time. I haven't played online for a long time, but you can't play cross console. Yeah, you can. You can play cross oh, platform. Can? Yeah, I okay. play. Uh, I my Friday nights are spent with my friends over in Ireland. Where we jump on, we play some Call of Duty, we play Battlefield, and one of them actually has an Xbox. And oh, so okay. we, right. we you're able to cross platform. You even can play with people on computers now. So you can have the computer, so you have the consoles versus the computers, the PC gamers and that. Okay. Um, I don't that shows you see. how long. I, I haven't played in so long, so I don't. Well, you I do have no a idea. child, so that could be the reason why. <laughs> I like uh, Madden. I, I play Madden a lot. There you go. But um, I haven't played Call of Duty in a while. Uh, you're not missing anything. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, after Modern Warfare 2, I felt like it went downhill. That was like, by to me, that was my favorite one. Absolutely, it did. It went way yeah. downhill. That's that's the last one I played too. 
Vanguard's Black not Ops bad. Vanguard's crazy. a lot more fast paced than the yeah. other games. So that if you're not into that, like you want more stealthy or you know what happened? More... Too many fucking people online started doing all these glitches and uh, just fucking up the online experience where it became so like you have these seven year olds sniping you as soon as you spawn somewhere and it's like oh, this me. Is stupid. I don't want to play is, anymore. It's the you're worst. You're absolutely right too, Phil. Um, Modern Warfare Two is a lot slower than any of the new ones, even Modern Warfare. Yeah. They're way the games are way faster now, and if you're not if you're not you know ten years old and been playing with the iPhone since three years old, then you're not going to be quick enough to to play against these guys, and that's 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 kind of the thing. I remember when yeah. we were the top yeah. of the food chain for gaming, and now we're being usurped by these ten year olds. Yeah, I used to do pretty well on Modern Warfare Two, and then now I. Now I I went to go play a couple of years ago with one of my brothers and I couldn't do anything. I <laughs> I, I died like a hundred times. I, I honestly couldn't even. Not only did I not kill anybody, I couldn't even see an enemy before I was killed. It was yeah, insane. They're so was insane. Sn- their snipes are insane. And that's when they're I going was like, no scoping right, I'm retired. too. I'm retired. <laughs> you, you retired from the military, there, Tony. <laughs> I retired from Call of Duty. I knew I was getting too old. <laughs> But how will this change? Because like Microsoft is now becoming more and more of a video game publisher, if you will, with the $70 billion thing. And then instead of being, you know, uh, a software creation that they started off, are they, do you see Microsoft maybe transitioning out of the PC world into more video game style? Or do you think they're going to stay with their I think this is a meta. I think this is all about the metaverse. I think everything is positioning for the metaverse now. Everybody wants, even if it doesn't, really have anything to do with it right now i think they're just they're uh acquiring this software for the potential of that that's what i took this as to compete with facebook that's kind of what i took this as it's a good it's a good chance because microsoft and facebook you know they're both software type companies and they're both and mike we know uh zuckerberg wants to create probably like real player one let's be honest there's something to be said about trying to do too much as a company too, which kind of scares me. Like we saw with, with GE was on top of the world for a long time. And then they started acquiring everything and getting into all these different sectors of the market. And it just became too much. So uh, Microsoft, I do, they are sticking with software and things that they're familiar with. So that's good. But um, sometimes companies might, get too big for their own good and might start acquiring too much. And if they don't, this is something they're definitely going to use because it's, I mean, Xbox. call of duty and all. Yeah. It's, but all, it's also a lot of money that they're spending. They're going to have to integrate this somehow and it's going to have to make more than $8 billion. Well, they're year. planning on Not integrating enough. it into yeah. their game pass, making yeah. the game pass more, um, more. Thing, uh, if they pay good. 70, they pay what? $70 billion for this. This company is is making maybe uh, two billion a year in net revenue, so it's going to take a long time to make that money back. So they're going to yeah. have to do a lot of things with this to make it profitable. So uh, you would think that they they could essentially just leave it alone and let it do what it's doing now, um, and it would and it'd be fine. But it's just going to take a long time to recuperate that money. So it's going to yeah, take so. a, at least ten to. 15 years for them to even start getting closer to that if they're just only making two bills. Uh, but like Dalt said, it, we got to see what's going to happen with this because uh, there's a lot of regulatory hoops that they have to jump through. And this isn't just, oh, I want to buy this and it's done. Uh, you know, yeah, there's monopoly laws and all kinds of things that they're going to have to try to go through. 
And the takeover the takeover is super hot hostile too. It was uh it was uh uh fifty what was it forty six percent the buy it offer was forty six percent above the current price at the time, which I think was sixty two, sixty three. Yeah. Uh so it, it's absolutely crazy high offer. Um so I'd like I don't I don't know if it's gonna close. Like one thing is for sure, if it does, it's gonna take a long damn damn time. And number two um if that if that does close you're gonna see electronic arts get snatched up next because that's who owns madden nfl nba and all those ones um that's ea uh those are 38 worth 38 billion right now and you'll probably see someone else go sony yeah. sony's probably gonna maybe, go after maybe, them maybe facebook um Ooh, interesting yeah so we'll see, we'll see how it goes well we we have yeah. a, a question here about race. It is. It's it's the new arms race. Maybe Nintendo will pick them up. I highly doubt. Oh, them. and uh, Sims as well. Oh yes, yeah. Sims, yeah. yeah, it's the Sims too. Those are cash cows right there. What's Those three Fortnite? things. Fortnite. What's Fortnite? Is that a computer game only? Yeah, I know it's it's um, console. You can Tencent. play it on the console, but it's mainly. Tencent. A... Who makes? Oh, Tencent. Oh, yeah. so they're not going to give that up. Tencent and and Epic Games, um, but Tencent yeah. owns the majority. Sorry, Phil. Go. Yeah, we have a question. Yeah, we have a question from our good friend Mark, who was uh, saving on electricity by living in your backyard. Uh, he's wondering, any thoughts, uh, guys, if we're in a correction, and if that's the case, how would you tackle? Do you sell and stay cash heavy, or do you uh, look to buy the dip of good stocks like Microsoft down 10-ish percent? Um, well, I corrections and crashes happen all the time it's like on average every six years or something like that and we haven't had one in a long time other than 2020 if you want to call that a crash which i don't know it, it recovered so quickly so here's the thing mark the average uh crash takes about 18 months to recover from so and we've seen it you know on on the long end it could be four to six years we've seen in in some points of history so you're looking at a uh, year and a half to maybe four years on average. I assume Mark's pretty young and he's what in his thirties, maybe. I believe he's um, around our age. Yeah. Yeah. So if the stock market declines 20% this year, uh, expect it in a year and a half to four years to be fully recovered and move on from that. So the way I would approach it is if you're someone that's new or even what I'm doing is I just keep dollar cost averaging, you know, uh, Luckily for me, I'm up pretty high in a lot of my stuff. But if you're someone that's new and you're worried every every week, just dollar cost average into an index fund or even Microsoft if you want. And uh, if it keeps crashing, you're just going to keep lowering your average. And in the future, in a few years, you could afford to wait. You're young. In a few years, it's going to pay off and you're going to be really glad you did that. Um, yeah, because investing yeah. is a long game. It's it, it's yeah. it's a sh it's not short. We're not looking for swing trades. We're not looking for you know uh, quick cash here. We we we're setting up for our futures here, and we got years to go. And Microsoft is going to be around for generational. It's going to be around for years. I do think we are. Uh, I do think we're in the middle of a correction, uh, possibly a, a crash. If you want to, depends because crashes get it's what twenty percent or more adult. I would say. Yeah. 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 So it looks like we're trending that way, to be honest, with NASDAQ. But um, it's hard to say. It's impossible to know. Based on the health of the economy and everything that's happening, which we've talked about a lot, it's not surprising that this is happening. 
in fact, we've kind of all expected it. And um, you just got to ride the wave. It's painful right now. It sucks. No one likes to see red. We all, Everyone hates it. But uh, it's just part of investing and you got to deal with it for a little while. And a couple of years from now, we'll look back and we'll be like, man, I'm glad I bought a lot of that stuff when it was down. And now look how far up I am. So I, I did the- that two years ago in 2020. And I'm up on a lot of, I'm up on Apple and Microsoft, like 70, 80, 90%. So even still, it's still up a lot. So you just gotta, you gotta have that mindset. Yeah. That's all for me. I'll let, I'll throw it over to Dalt. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree a hundred percent. If you're in, um, <clears throat> if you're in index funds, uh, can continue to buy, to buy in, uh, for, if you're an individual stock picker, for my individual stocks, my most vulnerable ones, so not MasterCard, not Facebook, not Google, but all my most vulnerable, speculative, more speculative positions, they all have puts on them, um, and I'm just hedging. Um, so Smart. that's, yeah, uh, for if, if you hold like your Microsoft, Facebooks, Googles, or Apples, I, I wouldn't put puts on them because those could easily go um, one way and the whole market go a completely different way. So <clears throat> I would um, I would make sure that you you continue to buy good com- good companies, and if you do have any laggards in your port portfolio, and there's like there's there's companies that um, because you, you shouldn't put a put on everything. Like if you have AMC, you shouldn't be holding AMC and putting a put on it. You should just sell that completely because it's only going one way. Um, I'm the reason why I'm still holding on to. Certain- it's not going to Hedgy. the moon. Hedgy. It's not going to the moon. <laughs> The reason why I'm only going, I'm, I'm only, I, I'm still holding on to stocks, but I have puts on them is because Teladoc Health does have a, f- a future. DocuSign does have a future. Compass Pathways does have a, a f- future. So there are, there are other things um, on the horizon for these companies, right? They're going to be, they're still making more money quarter over quarter. Losses are getting smaller. Um, you know, DocuSign had a $5 million loss last quarter. So I can tell you for sure that Q4 is going to be a profit. So it's going to be a profitable company just like that. So companies like, 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 like that, you, you really don't have to worry about for the long term. So you, you can hold them and you can hedge that short term expo- exposure to um, the downside, but companies that are going down with no hopes of ever coming back companies with declining revenues year over year uh, revenues, quarter over quarter, uh, you know, declining uh, profits quarter over quarter, or even bigger losses quarter over quarter, just sell these ones right out. Anything with current ratios, uh, sorry, quick ratios under one, um, these these stocks are going to get obliterated as interest rates rise. So, and again, uh, companies that have free free cash flow are generally good. Um, although, you know, my stocks like DocuSign and Teldoc report net losses still. They both have positive free cash free cash flow. It's just a matter of they're spending way too much on R on R and D, which is a good thing in the short term. But that's the only reason they report losses. So, um, look at companies like that and. You can hedge that short-term exposure. Obviously, those are still caught up in this whole um, tech shift, but they will be coming back. And the stocks that aren't coming back are the ones that you need to drop and and worry about. But if you have good stocks in your port port portfolio, I wouldn't really worry too uh, too 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 much because a ten percent decline in Google or um, Facebook or Apple could easily turn into a 20% rally over the next three months, right? We just don't know. Uh, these companies are all going to report record revenue this year. It's just a matter of the stock price fluctuation, but their revenue is still strong. Their earnings are still strong, right? So big difference between earnings 
and stock price movements? Yeah, it, you know, a good example, a lot of people that are new out there that might be listening. Phil, if you could pull up VTI and put it mm -hmm. up on the screen. Give me a and second. Let's look at the, I want to make a point about the chart. Look at the year to date on VTI, which VTI for all those of you listening or watching. That's uh, Vanguard, right? That's the, the total stock yep. market index. And it's Vanguard. Vanguard's fund, but they're all they're all very similar. So you can buy a total market index fund from pretty much any brokerage, but I just wanted to pull up VTI. So right now, year to date, it's down about six point one percent, right? Yeah, but six point fifteen here. But if you look at the one year, if you go to the uh, one year chart, right? So now, for the, over the last year, from today to you know exactly twelve months ago, we're still up thirteen point, you know, thirteen and a quarter percent. So it's like perspective. Now, if you go to the five year chart on it, it's still up ninety five percent. And if you go to the max, it's still up nearly three hundred percent. So it's all about perspective, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you'll pull up this chart and be like, man, 2021, 2022, it was, or, you know, 2022, 2023 was rough, but, oh, look at this chart. It just, it's going to have ups and downs, ups and downs. It's not going to be a straight line up. It never is. Look at all the dips in this, you know, look at the dip ridge. This right here, January, March, there's always huge dips. And you could always, you could take your finger and scroll through and you could see, or I'm on an iPad, so you could take your mouse and scroll through on this line. And there's many times in, in, throughout the years where it dips and it could take a, like a year, sometimes a year, year and a half to recover, but it, it's, it's, it's not a straight line. You know, you got to just roll with the punches and keep dollar cost averaging. And this is an example of a, an index fund. This is the total U.S. stock market. I'm not saying you have to go buy this one. There's the S&P 500. There's the NASDAQ that will probably beat, beat this over time. So there's other options, you, other ways you can go with this. But this is how investing is. This is how the math looks. You got to zoom out and look at the big picture. So. Yeah, that's why I always like companies that have been around for at least five years because you can get a, a, a great picture like this five year video uh st stat if you will or chart shows you that like yeah there is dips but it's always been able to recover and explode or not explode but go up and up uh that's why if it's a brand new company there's no history with it so why are you looking to invest in it yeah and this has actually been a, the last five years have been really good i wouldn't mm -hmm. expect to double your money like this every five years i think on average, it's like seven years, I believe. You, you double your money every seven years, but the last five years have been really good. Um, so that's, you just got to look at the big picture. We do have another question. I believe it is from Mark. Give me one second. I just want to make sure it is. So yeah, well, Mark, Mark. Mark. Mark's done. He hit his question quota. So. He, he hit his question. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually from <laughs> Edgar Gomez. Uh, he's asking, is it a good time to sell put on Vo, VU this time? Like as in you actually write the put? So, uh, no. Gomez, uh, Edgar, if you can just respond to us uh, in the chat. Are you we putting the put on VU or are you or who's putting the put on VU? That's what I, I think he's know. trying to short. He's trying to short VU basically. He's trying to write the option or he's trying to actually buy the put? <laughs> there we go. Edgar, if you could respond. And uh, while we wait for Edgar to respond to his th this question. Oh, yeah. Doggy's happy. There are um, people that buy like in the VIX index 
to try to counter this stuff or uh, I don't know. I, if you're really experienced like, like Dalt or like an experienced trader, you can do stuff like that. If you're someone that's new, don't even bother doing it. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. You're trying to time something that's very hard to time. Just keep dollar cost averaging and keep sticking to your plan. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where a lot of new investors, the market starts going down and they panic. And the plan, they might have a good plan and they totally change plans and they start buying oil. They start doing all these things, these crazy things and buying all these specific stocks that aren't going to last forever. It's just a very short moment of time. And um, just stick to your plan. Just ride it out, Edgar. If you're young, you don't need to, do, to buy any puts or do anything like that. So. And yeah, let the professionals deal with that stuff. Us retail investors, let's do simple, simple investing. Find a company that you like that's making money and just pour cash it's into tough, it. It's tough because people see their accounts dwindling every day, like it's been this this week. And like, when is this gonna end? When it we we all been through this and it's tough, man. Like in 2020, I was gonna cry. Like looking at what happened and then just and then I remember at the end of 2020 in September, the market dropped like 7% in one week. And I was like, oh, you know, the SP 500 dropped 7%. I was like, oh my God, like what is happening? You just got to stay the course. You just got to stay the course. Because next week it could be up 7%. You don't know. Yeah. Don't know. And VU, VU wouldn't be something that I would buy, buy a put on. Um, it's likely to, you know, perform slightly better than the over than um your worst individual um stock so you what's likely to happen is is uh especially with options you'll buy a put it'll trade sideways or it'll go down one percent a week for four weeks and um uh you'll end up losing more in time value than you gain in intrinsic value and so unless unless you you really hit it at the right time and the right contract at the right uh the right expiry and the right strike price it's it, it may it may not be as profitable as you as you think so for those type types of things no um uh, but yeah you really the the security that you choose the contract date the expiry and, and the strike price are all equally as important it's not you can't just throw puts on 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 everything because, like I said, VU would not be one that I would think would be very good. There we go. And uh, just pulling it up here. Look at look at look at the last. Uh, even if the five years, it's been up, up, up. Uh, I I yeah. highly doubt that VU is. It would be a wise thing to put a put on a on VU because it's the S and P five hundred. S and P five hundred is the most reliable fund you can buy. It really is. I mean, historically, so uh just keep doing what you're doing man keep dollar cost averaging don't worry about this year i i think we talked about this before i think this year is going to be a red year i really do i think the major indexes are going to finish in the red we talked about this in december uh, i think dalt said yep. you could see anywhere from uh five to ten percent in the red or or just a flat year yep so um listen we've had a lot of great years we're yeah, bound to have a yeah, you're bound to have a red year. It happens. It sucks because the people that just started, you know, late last year, they think that the market's just always going down. But uh, we always think that when when you first get in, you always think like, well, everything's always going down now that I'm buying, you know? Yeah. 
people think they control that stuff or they get nervous because when is this going to go up? Sometimes you get unlucky and you start in a bad year and you're kind of in a hole for two years, maybe more. And uh, you just got to keep sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, If you can survive a red year, you're going to be prosperous in a, in the green years. And uh, so, yeah, just hunker down, stay with your one, two, two stocks that you know are going to be performing like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, or VU or VIT or uh, QQQ. For those, or- yeah. For those of you that have a, a 401k or retirement account through your employer, if you look, most people have them uh, in the U S if you go and look, if you're lucky enough to have had one for a long time, you can go and look at it and mine is up like a crazy amount overall percentage wise. And even if the market dropped 30%, I'd still be in the green. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't really worry about that stuff. There we go. All right. Let's jump on to our second topic that uh, adult was uh, alluding to Um, over a thousand stocks have hit a 52 week low. What's going on there? That's the, that's the highest it's been um, since, um, and that that number was Jimmy in the Carter? thousands. No, uh, uh, what's it called? It's been since uh, March of uh, 2020. So March oh, of 2020, right. thousands and thousands of stocks um, that were hitting new 52-week lows. So this is the highest it's been, but we haven't had anywhere near um, a thousand stocks um, hitting 52-week lows until this month. So uh, sign of the time. So it's um, volatility is back, and I. You, you know, there's a lot of stocks that are that are uh, suffering. But again, uh, this is why we stress index funds, index funds, index funds. Um, and if you're going to be in individual stocks, make sure it's the front of the index, unless you really, really know what you're doing. We're seeing a lot of people. Um, I see a lot of people commenting or doing posts in the group, and they're talking about what to buy next. Index funds. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people want to go out and buy I'm not even going to say the names of these companies, but I see you guys thinking about getting into these regional coffee and hot dog chains again. Companies that don't make money and are struggling under debt in a rising interest rate environment, these companies are going to get killed. Uh, it was already, it was always a long shot for them to still be here five or 10 years from now. But all these IPO companies from last year, leave those guys alone. Uh, IPO last year means you were struggling in a time when you shouldn't have been. And now that you got the free money, you're hoping that you can turn around and make a business out of it. And a lot of these companies that IPO'd, like like I said, I made the joke before, um, at, at least to you guys in our in our uh, admin group, that J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley sent guys on the road with a briefcase to drop in on every regional, you know, <laughs> coffee shop and hot dog shop to say, hey, would you like to IPO today? We can take you IPO for billions of dollars because there's so much free money in the system. And these guys just peddle it all around. And there's so many new I- IPOs and publicly traded companies. And believe me, a lot of these companies are not going to be here five or 10 years from fr- fr- from now. Uh, so again, just try to avoid all these ridiculous IPOs um, and newly publicly traded companies. Uh, they are really going to struggle in a four hike uh, interest rate year. So Anybody that's really under the gun with their with their current debt, again, quick ratios under one, those are the first companies to go down this year um, because all this debt is going to be, all these minimum payments are going to go higher and all the new debt, like I know AMC, I use AMC as an example because they're just the worst. AMC is already thinking of, of how they're going to refinance a lot of their, a lot of their how debt. How dare you? And 
You're such a hedgy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know that they're, they're in the banks right now um, saying, oh, can we refinance this at these lower rates? And the banks are saying, oh, no, no, no. The rates are rising four times this year. You either you got to get in at this at this rate. This is what we are we are good with. So everybody's costs are are going up this year. Companies with quick ratios above one. Again, that's the ratio of current assets over uh, minus inventory over current liabilities. Companies that have quick ratios over one are companies that are extremely financially fit and are not in trouble of missing short term payments. Companies that are quick ratio below one below 0.5. These companies are drowning in debt. Uh, in in current debt, which is debt coming due in the next 12 months. So that's why I use the quick ratio so often because in an interest rate, in a four interest rate hike year, throughout the whole year, that current debt is going to come due. And so when those rates rise, all that debt is still due this year. So either your costs are going up and your, your, your profitability is going down, or number two, you're going to have to push this debt into next year, and that's just going to tank the stock anyway. So these types of things are going to go are going to go down fast. So stick to your index funds. I have a question. Index. When you say quick ratio, are you yeah. talking the the debt to liabilities to um, to debts is what you're dividing? Current. Quick current. ratio is uh, current assets minus inventories um, divided by current liabil- li- liabilities. So it basically so that's kind of like a debt to income ratio. Saying one is is the standard for that too. Yeah, not yeah. it's not the same because when you do the debt to equity, it takes into fact all the debt, and most of that debt maybe do five or ten years down the right. road. The yeah, quick, yeah. The quick ratio focuses basically on your cash position to your debts that are due within the next twelve months. So that's why you have to re- remove inventory from your current assets because inventory is not cash; it's basically stuff you've built and haven't sold. So it's actually quite useless. But when you get current assets um, and then you minus inventory out of it, what you're left with is cash and equivalents. Um, so it's more of a position of how much cash do you have to fund those li- those current liabilities that are coming due within the next year. And it, 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 it's, it's an overlooked thing, but especially in, in years when interest rates are set to rise, it, it becomes very, very powerful because that current debt is actually a lot higher than what it, than, than what it looks because interest payments are going to be going up. So um, anybody running thin margins or anybody not making a profit, they're not going to be making a profit this year um, unless you have a really good quick ratio. That's right. we can't, we really can't stress that enough with all these people talking about what stocks they are going to get into this year, what they want to look at. If your company that you want, or the company that you want to invest in isn't a profitable company, don't invest in it. It's as simple as that. It really is. Um, there's no reason to invest in companies that lose money, right? Especially right now. That's a really bad idea. Yeah. Um, I think I can answer this question for Edgar. He's asking if an individual stock or just stay in VU, stay in VU. You could do both if you have good stocks. I mean, there's, there's thousands of good stocks. To, well, there's great stocks. Hundreds. Even. There's hundreds of really good stocks. You don't have to buy index funds. I know people kind of get annoyed because we always talk about VU or VTI, and it is, it is kind of annoying, but it's really so simple. Like it really is. I think we try and complicate things as humans because it can't be this simple. You know, it 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 seems so much more difficult. Look at the. Well, you're not going to get rich quick with an index fund. You got to stick with it. You know, with an individual stock, you could get rich. 
if you pick the right one and time it right and put a really good amount of capital into it. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I think the meme era is dead. So, and speculation bubbles popping. So you got to be really careful. One can hope one can actually hope. Um, let's move on to our, uh, our next topic. Uh, the crypto market and the stock market both hate useless companies, which is true. Um, I, I threw that one in there for, for today because obviously um, the most useless companies that don't make money are getting killed in the stock market. We've, we've talked about that all show. And the, the, worst, the worst performing cryptocurrencies right now are the crypto that can't seem to find a floor are cryptocurrencies with um, no uh, venture capital funding. So they're not real companies. Um, things like safe moon and stuff that are just four friends um in their basement versus um companies well, like, and gambia and yeah. the people of gambia, the great people of gambia versus companies like uh binance and uh, protocol labs who does filecoin who have hundreds of millions of dollars worth of, worth of funding and so there's there's there, there's companies that have active development um, in in the cryptocurrency space, and there's companies that have no active development. It's, it's just kind of a coin, and these 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 groups of founders from their from their basement um, purchase uh, Business Insider articles for a thousand dollars, and they tell you all good things about what the company's doing. But in reality, um, the companies are doing anything. It's just a coin that has been the same coin from six months ago, from a year ago, and there's been no development on the platform. It itself um, nothing new has come into the ecosystem there's no new dApps there's nothing and so that's i just wanted to put that in there to just try and avoid especially right 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 now useless useless assets uh, comp- assets that don't produce and it, it, it's the same for for the for the stock market and for the crypto market because there's a bunch of cryptocurrencies that do a whole lot of nothing and it was all fun and games uh six 12 months 12 months ago but now you're crying in in Shiba. Now you're crying in Doge on Mars. Now you're crying in Dogecoin. Well, these things didn't do anything to begin with. So I don't know what kind of a floor you guys are looking for. But um, in order for a floor to be built, there needs to be some reason to buy the coin or buy the token other than a price increase. And that's when you have a floor. When people actually have to buy it to do some daily tasks, there tends to be a floor that's created there. You don't need to buy Dogecoin for any daily tasks, so it just tends to fall in free fall, same with Shiba and things like that. But people actually use Ethereum every day, um, uh, Binance Coin every, every day, Filecoin is used for storage at many businesses, so there's a need to store data every day. And so these things tend to develop floors. So um, you got to keep, keep, keep that in mind because the markets are really hating anything that is useless and doesn't produce right now. I'm trying to find, I watched an amazing video uh, movie yesterday about crypto, actually. I can't find it. I'm not sure what platform I'm on, but once I do, I will put it into the chat uh, down below. But it was talking about uh, the current situation, what's going on. It was talking about uh, Litecoin, crypto, and Ethereum. Uh, By the way, crypto, if, but, if you're uh, getting out of the stock market and going into crypto because you think it's not manipulated and the stock market is manipulated. Uh, you're in for you're in for a surprise because crypto is very manipulated. Just very manipulated. And yeah. they even touch on that in the in the in the documentary. Sure. Um, yeah. Where because Bitcoin has split. You have Bitcoin and then you have Bitcash. 
And then you also have uh, Litecoin, I think, hasn't split, but Ether, uh, Ethereum has had that split happen where some people are keeping one side because of a, a flaw in their programming. Uh, but yeah, it's... There's a lot of people that argue Bitcoin is useless and they go to Bitcash. And there's just so much information out there that it's so hard to know who's bullshitting you and who's not. Uh, and also because you can't really do anything with any of this shit now, you know, yet, it's, yet, yet, I think the perfect, word. the perfect crypto owner, I, I saw someone sold something on public. You can see when people buy or sell, I show you guys all the time. It's pretty funny. And they leave a comment. It's like some guy uh, sold Dogecoin or SafeMoon or something. He lost like 40% sold at a 40% loss. And the comment was, I just got bored. Exactly of what these new crypto investors were in 2020 and 2021 just people like oh my god it's mooning and they're jumping on and it's fun and just buy and sell buy and sell i'm having so much fun and it's not fun anymore when it's doing nothing but dropping for three months straight so you know pretty much um is there anything else you guys want to touch touch on uh before we start wrapping it up nope not me well here, here, we're going to do the new segment uh, that we, we were supposed to do. Guys, put in some stocks that you would like us to touch on. And for the last like five, 10 minutes, we'll touch on it. Uh, we'll give you guys, we'll pick one or two stocks we'll talk about. And uh, both the amazing guys above you, above me, actually, uh, Tony and Dalt, will break down maybe some different stocks for you if you just let us know in the comments. And if you are watching, hashtag live tell us where you're from if you're watching the replay hashtag replay we got one popping up here from evan uh unh okay we can look at that uh, let's united healthcare it's a good yep. stock to take out uh, do you guys want to touch that or do we want to wait wait for a few more to pop up yeah we'll wait for uh, a few more to pop up but i think that's that that's a good one to talk about all right i'll bring up the stock over here Here we go. United Health Group. Uh, bring it up on stage here. Yes, that's the only one we're doing here. It's at currently, let's let's get the five-year at least. Uh, currently trading at $462.52. It's an incorporated, uh, is an American multinational managed healthcare and insurance company based in Mentoka, Minnesota. It offers healthcare products and insurance services. So let's take a look here. The measure of the uh, what am I looking at here? Where do you want me guys to go? What do you need me to look at? Or are financials. You guys financials. Where do I go for the financials? Uh, hold on. Ugh. Go up here. The uh, let me see. I got them. Let's see. All I right, got so them here too. But if you could pull them up on the screen, it has basically beat all of their expectations the last four quarters. Nice. Um, here we go. And, Financials. Uh, Boom. The most recent, the most recent one. They have a uh, profit margin. Profit margin is a little low. It's about six percent, but they uh, their net income's four billion dollars. So if you like money, this is a good company to own. And if you want to diversify, diversify and have some healthcare companies, because I mean healthcare is always going to be an essential service. Uh, that's a good one to own. Oh, we got a couple in popping up. The well. S and P. I'm pretty sure. Is this company in the S and P? Yeah, it's in the S and P. Yeah. So that's the here. Thing. We got if financials over here. Revenue versus yeah, earnings. Boo. You already have this. Yeah. So, 
this is a big um this is a this is a decent company uh i'm just taking a look at that um they had a rough quarter last quarter but they still beat their they're doing well the these these guys will um so a few things going on here this is i believe a top 15 top 20 component of the s p and they're the leader of the dow jones so dow jones is price weighted so it's it, the companies that um, have the most effect on the dow jones index are those with the highest prices and um, this one has a price over 400 uh, number two is home depot which is in the 300 so uh, that's, this is the leader of the Dow, and so anybody contributing funds to the Dow uh, Jones Index, um, this is the biggest, this will be your biggest holding. And uh, so it also, it benefits from those in the Dow funds and those in the S&P funds. So um, they've got a lot of money coming in both 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 ways, um, which is really, really good. There's a lot of companies in the top 10 of the S&P that aren't, aren't in the Dow, so they don't get that kind of double over. Um, so that's good. Um, yeah, this this company is going to continue to um, go up as long as people continue to pour money into the Dow and um, S and P. They are able yeah. to grow revenue, and they did pretty well, of course, over the pandemic. Uh, the one thing I think that they will struggle with a little bit in this year is the rising interest rates because this company does have a quick ratio below one. Uh, their current liabilities are dwarfing their current assets, so. Um, that will be concerning as interest rates rise. Um, but again, um, they're still going to receive capital coming in as long as people continue co to contribute to, you know, uh, all your Dow funds and all your S&P 500 funds. So that's the good The good news is money will come here regardless. Um, but the company's profitability will uh, sag a little bit this year. Um, but over the long term, I'd say this one will be okay. Yeah. Uh, we got two others in here be uh before we start wrapping it up i uh, i'll give you guys the choice either costco or k-u-l-r which ones do you want to take a look at you you pick tony um i actually have to sign off but pick it, pick it anyway and then, uh, and then costco, costco costco it is costco, costco. Uh, yeah i, I was go hoping you would pick costco the baby <laughs> take care of your child and thank you very much for tuning in uh tony we'll see you next week all right, take care, Tony. All right, here we go. Financials. Uh, boom. And yeah, I forgot to mention about um, United Health as well. They were up 191% over the last five five years. So they've they've done pretty well. Costco yeah. here, uh, again, up 199%, call it 200% over the last five years. Um, one thing I really like about this company is they charge you to get in. And people just keep on coming back. And so uh, margins are super, super thin here, though. Um, but the thing is, with a company like this, like margins are super thin at at Walmart, too. But because they're such a they're such a staple in um, in, in, gro in grocery and even in in, you in know, society. Yeah. Simple, simple clothes like these people are crazy. They're fighting over the clothing stuff all the time. Um because even though margins are so thin, they're so ingrained um, in society right now and people just keep on coming back. So margins are thin, but they're not likely to change. Like Walmart's margins were thin in the pandemic, but they didn't change. They just stayed as thin as they were um, because people still have to go there. You still have to grocery shop at the end of the day. Um, and so that's the good news is, is it looks like um, 
They're pretty consistent. Yeah, revenue is pretty sticky, um, which is good. Uh, looks like revenue this year is going to be a huge jump, or sorry, in 2021 is going to be a huge jump over over 2020 as as well. And 2020 itself was a was a, a a record year. So again, record revenue years quarter over quarter. And if you look at the actually get into the uh, to the uh, bat to the balance sheet, um, look in there. Current assets 33.8 billion. Current liabilities 33.3 billion. So only issue with that is they have a shitload of, in, of inventory. Once you subtract that, this company also has a, a quick ratio below below one. So again, same thing with United Health. Um, as interest rates rise, profitability will dip a little bit here because all that current debt they're carrying around will get a little bit more expensive to carry. Um, so profitability dips, um, but people are still going to be going to Costco in the same um uh, veracity that they did la- last year. So it's not because a drop off in customers or a drop off in purchases. It's just a cost. The cost of servicing their debt is going up. Again, like I said, for United Health smoothed out over the long term, um, Costco will be fine. Um, so if you want to get into Costco again, do I see Costco growing 200% over the next uh, five years? Absolutely not. Again, United Health and Costco were huge beneficiaries. Um, over the pen over the pandemic because whenever else closed down um because we were able to stay open they were still open like like walmart and stuff and stuff like, like that so this i i wouldn't expect a 200 gain over the next five years but um costco at least for now is not going at anywhere and you know if you buy today like i said this year i think there's a little bit of a dip in costco share price because of the debt but over the long term you'll do well um expect you know i think you'd be safe to say 10 percent per year over the next 10 10 10 years so again grocery stuff like this things that people have to use always good excellent all right dalt uh where can we find you after we get our flurry of thank yous because uh, we're signing off here where can we find you where can we get the knowledge that you have so that everybody else can uh, learn as always, you can check me out uh, in the Facebook group. I'm not in there as much anymore as I usually was. Um, so Benticore Capital uh, blog, slash blog is where all my articles are. I'm still posting one later today about blockchain stocks, and that will be posted within the hour. Um, so keep an eye out for that in the group. And on Instagram, as always, um, R-I-S-M-A-Y-L-I-F-E, Rizme Life. You could find me there. I post lots of great content there about investing. So tune into that. And of course, guys, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can find uh, Tony over at the Stock Bros podcast and in the group as well. Uh, But uh, thank you very much for tuning in. We do this every week, um, every Wednesday. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify. Just look for Stock Dirty to me. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram. We're going to be start rolling out some content uh, on there, but it's Stock Dirty Pod. So I want to thank you all for listening. And oh, I got a little surprise for you guys. Uh, I've been working on it really hard, but I want to thank you for watching. Make sure you tune in next week where we talk about a whole bunch of other stocks. And remember, guys, to invest. Mm-hmm.